we are excited to announce that NYX Professional Makeup is now available at Superdrug. Fresh from LA, this brand is a fan favorite for makeup artists, bloggers, and makeup lovers alike. NYX Professional Makeup is renowned for trend-hungry, high-quality professional products at purse-friendly prices. NYX Professional Makeup will provide you with the products and pro tips to enable you to be your own makeup artist. In store right now, NYX are proud to support Pride. Welcome back to another episode of The Beauty of It All. See us as your beauty-obsessed big sister that you've always wanted. Hosted by me, Vic Hope, with Superdrug, The Beauty of It All takes a backstage look at the beauty industry, the issues facing it, and all the new news that you've been craving. Plus, I've got a whole host of celebrity guests and industry experts. Join us as we discuss issues such as how veganism is transforming the beauty world, the latest trends in skincare, and whether the industry is diverse enough. Now for today's episode, I want to ask you this. Think that baking and contouring from Instagram is new hat? Well, if you do, then think again, because they're methods that have been used by drag queens for decades. In this episode, we're exploring the influence that drag culture has had on modern day makeup. And to chat all things makeup and drag, I have here today Charlie Hydes, who is a drag queen, impersonator, actor, comedian, uh, who you may know from the ninth season of RuPaul's Drag Race, and who counts Lady Gaga as a fan. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for dropping that in. Oh, it's a good old fan to have. <laughs> how, how do you know that Lady Gaga's a fan? Um, well, uh, because I've met her. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, th- there are certain people that I know, like Cher follows me on Twitter, and yeah. Cher has talked about me. Um, but Lady Gaga sent me flowers backstage Amazing. at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern a couple of years ago. She was driving... Um, Royal Vauxhall Tavern is on a roundabout in Vauxhall yeah. and she was going by in her limousine and she saw the big posters of me on the side of the building and she had her driver stop and she said what's the name of that place and then they got the details and she went to a florist or had a, somebody go to a florist and a big bouquet of flowers arrived as much as I want to drop that name pick it up and then I met her then I did meet her on Drag Race you know what I'm, I can't even be mad <laughs> It's the best one. It's the best one. And sitting across from me, two ladies I am a huge fan of whose work I've been following for a long time. Uh, World-famous makeup artists, YouTubers, and co-founders of Real Techniques Tools, which are absolutely fantastic and available at a very affordable price. Uh, Sam Chapman and Nick Haste, a.k.a. Pixie Woo. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. Oh, thanks for coming on. I'm I'm really excited because I think we're going to get some really good tips here as well as learning a lot about drag makeup. I think first things first, I'm going to come to you, Charlie, because I just want to know, in your words, how would you best describe what drag even is? Um, well, it, it's not a, it's not like a, a five-word answer, and it yeah. means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but basically, my my interpretation of is, is just uh, a form of self-expression, usually around exaggerated gender representation. Mm-hmm. So if a warm woman puts on a mustache, it could be drag. Okay. Um, but is it sometimes it's just the exaggeration of femininity. I always thought Dolly Parton and Joan Collins were drag queens. <laughs> sure. You know, to me that was, you I know, I think it was, they'd be flattered with yeah, that. It was, yeah, it's hyper, 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 it was hyper femininity. So usually just gender, uh, creative self-expression around gender. In the uh, way you dress, in the way you, yeah, you make because, your face but, Yeah, because there are people who, who don't wear um, breasts or they have a beard and glitter in their eyeshadow and still drag. 
bag. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people who have, you know, they wear fake silicone breasts and it's drag. Um, I'm not wearing fake nails today, still drag. You yes. know, so, um, so uh, I, I've known people who don't black out their eyebrows and block out their eyebrows and they have big bushy eyebrows and um, a mustache and but full face and makeup and so and they don't and they wear combat boots and not high heels. Still drag. Still drag. Yeah. Well, I, I've got a quote here from L.com uh, that says, borrowing from theatre tradition, uh, makeup was about exaggerating features so the performer wouldn't be washed out under powerful stage lights and their expression could be seen by someone sitting at the back of the room. So for context, could you tell us a bit about the history of drag culture and makeup? Okay, well, first of all, that that just works for theater in general. Right. Um, for that description about exaggerating the features. So you, you want your eyebrows, if you're going to make, if you're going to look inquisitive or su- surprised, you want people in the back row to be able to see that you've raised your eyebrows. Um, you you want the lips to be visible. Yeah. Um, if you're making, if you're smiling or scowling, but within a drag venue, oftentimes we're going back when there was just a couple of cans, you know, just a couple of lights, um, and it was dark and smoky. Mm-hmm. Um, you wanted uh, you, and and also the the products that were available weren't as good as they are today. So um, it was grease paint, and it was we we made do with the limited products we have nowadays. There's a thousand and one products available. We just had a few when I first started. So this is when you're performing specifically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What sort of things are you performing? Cabarets, theaters, nightclubs, comedy clubs. Um, so yeah, you've got you've got often got harsh lighting, yeah. and uh, sometimes it's a really big room. And so you you want to be seen. Um, so it, it, makeup is going to be exaggerated, but also to transform male features to a female feature, you can't just your contour isn't a shade different from your highlight. It's five shades yeah. different. It's ten shades different in order to get those effects across. We'll talk more about the specific techniques uh, that you'd use in drag makeup in just a bit, but. Sam and Nick, just working in the makeup industry for many years, how have you seen drag culture and drag makeup infiltrate uh, the mainstream? And has it sort of inspired you when you're creating looks? I think I was one of the first people to do a drag look on YouTube, Mm -hmm. ever, 10 years ago now. And the reason being is I used to work in a store and it was in Carnaby Street and we'd get a lot of drag artists come in and they were, I want to say afraid, but maybe not, to know how to do their makeup. There wasn't anywhere online where they could find it. So it was teaching and me understanding different ways that drags wore makeup and what it represented and what it was about. Um, And as those 10 years have gone on, it's become more and more mainstream and more people are doing it. And then more guys were doing drag on YouTube and it became more of a way of life. I would say, which is so lovely because I think everyone should have a voice and everyone should be able to express themselves. To me, it has made a change. I don't think that's necessarily a bad change. I think it's great. It's lovely to see people expressing themselves. I definitely feel like when I was growing up and learning how to do makeup, the word contour was never in my vocabulary. I think it's it's always been there. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I learned about it obviously when I studied makeup. Yeah, but you're in the industry. Of course. And I had to do my history of makeup. Mm -hmm. So, you know, contouring became a thing in the 20s or the, you know, late 20s, early 30s. So, you know, you just become more aware of it. There's this famous story about Marlena Dietrich having her teeth taken out so that she had more of a kind of 
um, chiseled cheekbone and then really filling it in, doing her own makeup yeah. with a mirror in front of her um, and the camera in front of that so she could see herself at all times when she was acting. And I love those kind of stories. But um, I think that obviously drag takes from a lot of those eras as well. Um, in terms of how it's affected us in the mainstream, I think it hasn't really affected fashion Occasionally, you'll see the odd shoot that you can obviously see mm -hmm. is taken from there. And I think if we look at people like Lee Bowery, for example, um, who wasn't drag, but was ve a very famous wearer of makeup back in like the 80s, we often see that people like McQueen back in the day would, would take from his work and translate that onto the catwalk. So I think it's always been there, but more so now because we get a lot of younger people, probably mostly because of um, Drag Race. Yeah. Uh, my daughter is obsessed with it. A lot of younger people are watching that and really trying to replicate it. And because they have channels or they have Instagram, we see much more of it on social media. So I don't think we see so much in the street, but we see tons and tons of it in social media. And it's translated across to be a slightly softer version of drag, which you see in the form of Instagram makeup, yeah. what we call Instagram makeup now. And Instagram makeup is different from the makeup it's, that you see on the street. It's very different. Well, I see a lot of people in Instagram makeup on the street, but... Um, it doesn't translate as well to the streets. Yeah. Yeah. And so, part of the reason for that is because they don't re they're doing the makeup head on with really good lighting and they don't realize they're being seen from the side. Absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of so makeup different. is, you know, for for Instagram and uh, some of the YouTube videos that I used to do, um, I had to be really, really careful in order to get myself to look like uh, a certain celebrity like Lana Del Rey. Yeah. I could I could contour it with just the right lighting at just the right angle and I could look like Lana Del Rey at a certain specific angle. But if you then saw me from the side, I had a big black stripe on the yeah. side of my <laughs> totally. face. Yeah, exactly that. And by the way, can I just say, um, I I first, I was aware of your videos 10 years ago when I first started doing my um, celebrity impersonations on YouTube. But I specifically remember going to your channel because I was going to do Lana Del Rey for the first time. Ah. And so I found, the, I think you had two two YouTube videos. It was the video, it's the video on my channel that has had the most views, I think. So maybe it's down to your oh, I'm so, so pleased. Like synergy you. in the room. It's all come together. <laughs> we have. Yeah. You mentioned Drag Race and the impact yes. that it had. And Huge. of course, Charlie, you've been on Drag Race. You're in the I ninth have. season. I mean, first of all, how was that? Oh, yeah, it was One a lot experience. of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm based here in the UK. I've lived here for 22 years. So I flew over, arrived. You know that flight from, from London to Los yeah. Angeles. It's I, exhausting. It's <laughs> exhausting. I arrived on a Monday night and had to start filming at, on Tuesday morning. Wow, and it's intense. Tuesday morning, yeah. Is there a lot of competition, like real, actual, genuine competition between... Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. Phony as, they're all phony as the day is long. Really? Oh, yeah. See? It's life-changing money. It's life-changing opportunity yeah. yeah so yeah and then Lady Gaga walked in the first episode yeah. and I had done so many videos were making fun of her I thought I'm going home <laughs> she hates me she's but, a judge I bet she's but got I a bet great sense it. of humor no she did she, I pulled her aside and I said uh, I said I'm really sorry because she knew who I was and she said no don't, don't worry honey I love you I think you're hysterical that's so, so nice. And look at you now. I know. And look at you now, buds. I mean, the impact of that show, it is stratospheric. It's huge, and it really has pushed drag culture uh, to the mainstream. As you were saying, your daughter knows about... It's my daughter is so obsessed. Yeah. She's broken down every series with every drag queen that's in it. 
absolutely broken it down. Every episode, no. what it's about, who won. I mean, it is the most, I was like, I am so proud of my child. Tell her, tell her about be Wikipedia because it's all there. She doesn't have to break it down. Oh, she's a mega nerd. Hey, she loves it. Do you know who writes that Wikipedia? <laughs> Lily. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> she, is a, she is a drag wow. aficionado. Well, do you think that, that drag race has played a part in, in drag culture becoming a part of the mainstream? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. A the, huge role. The answer is in the question. Yeah. Because it's, it, it has, and through so many different ways. I mean, some of the big ways are that now um, contestants are being asked to you know, do, main, do mainstream commercials yeah. for mainstream household products. Um, so, yeah, and, and the tours are massive. The, the theater shows are, are, are massive. And um, the spin-off shows are, are endless now. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And, and like uh, Violet Charchki, who, who's at Fashion Week all the time, just really high-end fashion. It's, yeah. it's so amazing that people have gone, or Raven, who does the most incredible makeup that I'm absolutely obsessed with. You know, it's it has infiltrated so many areas rather than just that little niche that it was before. Yeah. It's now everywhere. Oh, there's a drag con. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. There's yeah, an actual yeah. drag con that you can go to that is from the show. It's So you can meet, you know, the queens it's from the show. You, yeah. <laughs> you know drag con better than anyone. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. it, it, is, it is massive. Well, I'll give you an example. Last night, um, I was asked to call bingo at a... A pub in Hartford, in Hertfordshire. So little, little yeah, country amazing. seat market town. Um, so I got the booking about a month ago. Uh, it sold out overnight, and um, it was packed. I with, would have gone to that. It was, it was absolutely packed to the rafters. It was. I, I won't say standing room only because people were sitting. Most people were sitting, but people were jammed in to play bingo um, and sing along with me. And everybody that everybody that came up and had the photograph taken with me, it was everybody from sixty-five-year-old women to seventeen-year-old girls. And even even there was a seventeen-year-old boy. He was really, really incredibly friendly and like knew the show and knew the episodes and. Um, it was just a really wide range of people that yeah. that uh, had seen many episodes and wanted to know what different contestants were like. And this is in Hartford. It's amazing. <laughs> but you know what? When it captures so many people in such a diverse range of people, you know it's a winner. And I think I think people are really interested in every facet of it. We were just talking before before we came in about how long it takes you to get a look to get ready for Drag Race, and you were saying it's you know you're under some time pressure to do it. Well, first of all, there's the time pressure of from the day that, that you get the call that you're cast, mm-hmm. um, you've got two weeks to, to get everything ready and they give you this long list of things. Like so sec- is that when you have to get your outfits ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, two weeks. How two many weeks. outfits do you need? So I, I was, oh, like 25, <gasps> 30. And then there's some of these are things you don't have. Yeah, so like, you're you know, like Do you have, I don't know, do you have S&M Panda <laughs> in your closet? I mean, some <laughs> oh of the things that came through yeah. were like, you know, 1970s daytime realness um, uh, and like I said sexy unicorn I didn't have that in my closet I had to make it and then then with like a week before we got uh, through oh pick out one of Lady Gaga's and those aren't easy to recreate I mean she had yeah. the entire couture teams for sure so I had I had a, basically a week to create the Alexander McQueen one then when you're there on the show there's a, there's a real time constraint they call it a race for a reason because there's a stop clock a stopwatch 
It'll be, uh, okay, ladies, uh, 90 minutes to mainstream run, you know, to the main runway. Um, we've just filmed, say, uh, a, a mini challenge or something. And then it's it's 90 minutes to be ready to walk that runway. Did you get oh, nervous fantastic. doing it? I don't get nervous. I, I, I've, I'm, I mean, I'm 55 years old. I've been performing on stage since I was 15. So um, I don't get nervous in the like handshaking yeah. and butterflies Adrenaline in the stomach. that keeps you going, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it's, I get excited. Yeah. I, get, I get excited. Um, so not really nervous. And, uh, but I was aware because I'm not someone that likes to talk while I'm putting on my makeup. Yeah. It's a solitary thing for me. I'm, I'm a live performer. I perform in comedy clubs. So I use that time to like run lines in my right. head. I'm quiet. Mm. It's my little process. I sort of believe like makeup transforming myself to look from Charlie that, you know, just puts out the bins on a Tuesday to Charlie that's on stage. Um, that's a whole, uh, it's kind of like in Peter Pan, if you clap for Tinkerbell, she's real. Mm-hmm. So for me, the transformative process is me sort of hypnotizing myself to believe that I actually look like the image that I have in my head and I may not but I convince myself that I look that yeah. way that that's what I really look like I look like my Instagram filter <laughs> but that's my process and other people can just talk 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 and for me it's distracting yeah. mm-hmm. so I'm not saying any names Eureka O'Hara um, <laughs> she could just talk 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 and uh, I'm trying to put it in my face and I, I she's just talking and distract. I, I look and she's done nails are on courses on heels it's like how did that happen I'm still gluing on my lashes and she's ready to go and talked the entire time didn't shut up once well let's talk about that process when it comes to putting on your lashes and doing your makeup what are the drag makeup techniques the first and foremost thing that most queens have to deal with is the question of eyebrows. Right. Is what do, what am I going to do? Am I going to bleach them? Am I going to shave them off? RuPaul opts for the shave them off. There are several queens that just opt for shave them off. It's just easier. But then you look like Mr. Potato Head during the day. <laughs> um, yeah. you, you know, it kind of suits RuPaul because He's got no hair either, so it kind of just... But he also wears those big glasses. glasses, yeah. It takes yeah. the place where the brows would be, I guess. The, yeah, the exactly, exactly. Um, so there's there's that whole question of how am I going to mask them? How am I going to cover them? Um, and there's all different different techniques. A lot of queens use the glue stick technique. Right. Never worked for me. Um, so getting that and then covering beard, uh, that's something that a lot of people have a real issue with either the color the color of their beard yeah. or the actual um the, the stubble the five o'clock shadow um so that's those are two big issues and you've got to use different makeup from say the makeup that you'd find on the high street or well that I, changed? I i i said famously like back in 83 or something to somebody um that i was going to get there was a product called derma blend yeah and it was for scars and burn victims and people with with like port wine stain um what do you call them birthmarks yeah and uh and uh, they said, why do you use that? I said, well, because cover girl doesn't cover boy. Um, it was <laughs> <That's> so, <good. laughs> so brilliant. It, it, yeah. just, it just, it, it, didn't, it didn't do the trick. So, yeah, so um, most queens use basic stage makeup. Um, there, are, there are different brand mm-hmm. names uh, available. Um, I suppose you have to be careful that you, when you perspirate from performing, that that, foundation or that base is going to stay put. Yeah, you want it to stay and you want it to also now, I, I remember my my season of Drag Race was the first season um, that they were shooting in HD. 
And I said, couldn't you wait to season 10? It's all to play for in HD, isn't it? This is Drag Race, not American Horror Story. Nobody (laughs) wants this. I was 52 at the time. And I thought, just wait another week. I mean, another episode, another season. (laughs) Um, But so, yeah, so it's now we're, you know, you're dealing with HD and long days under hot lights. Mm -hmm. A Drag Race secret is that RuPaul, um, because he's Raven, who does his makeup, uses all sorts of um, tapes to to, to do facelifts. Now that just clip at the back, don't they? Yeah, and they just, so he's they have got a bit of string. He's there. got all these tapes, so that's why he doesn't turn to the left to speak or oh, turn to the God, right. Yeah. He's dead on because he doesn't want the tapes to pop. Because um, then they'd have to undo the wig and all that. And also, he really does keep the yeah. still. So that's, yeah. that's part of. Yeah. I, I put wow. that tape on my mum. She was like, "Why are you I doing this?" I thought you said I put that tape on my mouth. <laughs> on my mum, I was like, mom, I, "I've got this tape that I'm sure the drag queens use. I want to use it on you." She was like, "Really?" She kind of loved it because it really pulled it well, tight. Can, I, can so, I, anyone who's not familiar, what does the tape do? Uh, Pulls the skin tight. It's, right. it's like a mini facelift. Okay. Okay. So um, I have a whole bunch of videos on YouTube where I play different celebrities. And so in order to get the share cheekbones, in order to get those cheeks that she had, the chipmunk cheeks, I was I, I would tape, I would put a little bit of glue on my like my sideburn area. I'm right now I'm pointing to my cheeks, um, but where my cheeks meet my hairline. That I ear would, bit. What's that bit yeah. called? The oh, tragus? Tragus? Yeah, near your tragus. Yeah. Near your tragus. Yeah. You can get yeah. pierced. Um, and then uh, then I would put, uh, you can get it at Superdrug. Yeah. It's Micropore. Uh, yeah, the Micropore. Yeah. The Micropore by 3M. And I would stretch that back and then I would stretch uh, the back of my neck. And sometimes to raise my eyebrows, right. I would glue it on um, up by my temples, and that would raise my eyebrows. Okay. And I could, I used it because I was playing like eighty different celebrities, so to have different face shapes. Because oftentimes I was interacting with myself in the same scene, so I was using both contouring, lighting, makeup, and also wow. the tapes. To transform yeah. completely, and it can give you a headache if you. Yeah, <laughs> I can, yeah, I can imagine. You have it on for six hours. Well, it's like when you pull your hair into a really, really tight, tight pony pony yeah. ponytail and it stretches your face. Yeah, quite well, a facelift. That was the biggest thing that I learned on uh, when I did drag races. Normally, I get ready for a show. Um, I like to be just just putting on the last touch of mascara. If I'm if I have a midnight show, eleven fifty five. I want the last bit done. I don't like hanging around and waiting. I've got a couple a couple of other techniques here that I would uh, really love your help with understanding what they are. What's a cut crease? Cut crease is where you where the crease of your eye is yeah. on the top part of your lid, the mobile the lid, yeah. the socket. It's where you draw a line that is quite sharp and defines that socket. And it's a line that isn't blended. It shows the cut of the grease. And why? Most famously, most famously, if you think about Cher, yes, yes. Cher has a really, really defined, defined eyeball mm-hmm. orbit. Um, and so anytime anybody wants to impersonate Cher, they do this thing where they cut in, it's a harsh line, so there's, there's a light upper lid and then... There's a very sharp, defined. You could draw. I could draw it with a sharpie on a on a napkin, and you'd go, "Oh, that's Cher's yeah. eye." Or on my face. Yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> and what what's the effect of that? What's what's it the point? Creates depth. Okay. So it it's to create a shadow effect. You know, obviously it's become darker and stronger. Some people just like it like that, but it is initially to create something that looks pushed back, which is why it's darker. So a deep hollow, right? Deep hollow eyes and baking. 
okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, this, the, far more attention has been given to that expression than I really believe yeah. it deserves okay. or warrants. What happens is you've, you'll have some queens backstage and they'll be doing all their contouring and then they'll loose, loosely powder their face and then they'll say, I've got to let it bake. And so then they go and have a cigarette. Right. And then they oh, come so back. It's bakes. done baked. It's done baking. I believe it's really a reason to leave the studio, leave the club, and go out and have a smoke on the fire escape. Because I don't think that it does any... I've seen people who had, didn't have time to do it. Oh, I didn't have time to bake tonight. And then they did... I didn't see any difference. Mm-hmm. I did one half of my face, and I thought, I'm going to just try it. I'm very scientific that way. I wanted... No, I just wanted to see, does it, does it have any effect? No effect. Brings out your lines. Brings yeah. out your fine lines. Yeah, I completely I agree. Right. It's it's and there is really no place for it in in daily makeup. No. I imagine it is because your foundation is slightly tacky when you first put it on. You put the powder on and it allows it time to kind of adhere with the foundation to give you a nice coverage and a slightly thicker finish from so it's it. Like Which set. is absolutely yeah. fine if you have no lines under your eyes whatsoever. Exactly. But I also think that it, that 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 chemical process, if you will, that physical chemical process, I believe it happens in a second. Oh, I agree. I, agree I, agree too. I don't think it takes ten minutes or the length <laughs> no. of time it takes to smoke a cigarette. I also oh, think years ago foundations had a lot more fall down so people would put a lot of powder mm-hmm. when eyeshadow. I was first taught you were taught to eyeshadow, oh, had, yeah, a eyeshadow had a lot of fall down sorry so years ago you were taught to put a lot of powder under the eye so you could brush it away to clean it up at the end of a makeup and it like catches it and it catches it so you just brush it away and I think that's now turned into baking because that's another name and another way to stale stuff <laughs> I've just got a couple more from Dictionary Corner over here I feel like Susie Dent on Countdown <laughs> um, beat your face busted and paint so just paint is is comes from I think war paint, right? You know, just really when you've exaggerated and you've put on because I can do a simple face like when I do Lana Del Rey, I don't need nearly as much makeup as when I do Cher. Yeah, um, it takes me much longer to do Cher, uh, and so it's it's that's like war paint. You're you know you're ready to go. Um, I think it just comes from that beat, uh, beat you know to beat your mug is to just it just comes from, uh, and I don't know historically how far we could trace it back but it's you know queens will say I'm beating my mug meaning they're really applying it with like a trowel yeah for sure my face is not beat today your face is not beat no no but then they've moved it on to people to saying you look really beat which means you look fierce you look so great today so it's it's good it's not like you look like being beaten up no it's a good thing it's it's good but it does mean that you've got a lot of makeup on but that your makeup is kind of flawless yeah. It's perfectly applied. The, there's another term on fleek. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So that that started in the drag world and then found its way into... And is that specifically eyebrows in the drag world? Well, it, it's often referred to your eyebrows are on fleek and partially it's or because the eyebrows are the, is, uh, is the hardest thing to get right yeah. and to get symmetric. And I will, te- I will tell you um, that... Uh, the biggest piece of advice that I give young queens when they say, like, what should I, you know, I want to do makeup and I want to start doing drag and what should I practice or what should I learn or how do I get good at it? I I always say just practice your eyebrows because Mm. you can change, totally transform your face with eyebrows. You can look like a Disney villainess. You have the exact same rest of the face, but you can, if you put on a Disney villainess eyebrow or you could put on a friendly, there's a warm, approachable eyebrow. I always thought Marilyn Monroe 
his face was really open and warm and friendly and almost like a child. It, it just You just wanted to get to know that person. But then there's a really unapproachable eyebrow. Yeah, an angry brow. Yeah, I completely a, agree with that. A, In fact, when I teach makeup, I think that translates across to mm-hmm. everyone. I think if you can do a good brow, that's that's really the making of a really good artist. Yeah. Because I look at people's brows before I look at anything yeah. else. It's the most brows obvious thing to me. And you can you can totally you can totally create a different character. Now for, for me sure. as someone who's played dozens and dozens of celebrities, um, if you want to do Liza Minnelli, don't put Cher's eyebrows on. And it's a, it's a mistake I often see in nightclubs where I see the costume, the wig, the hair, everything is right. And I just say, that's not Cher's eyebrow, that's not Madonna's eyebrow. If if you put Adele's eyebrow on Joan Rivers, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Or if you put Taylor Swift's eyebrow on Latoya Jackson, like, you know, the, you just, totally agree. You, you can... Uh, maybe my references are no, no, no. No, you're <laughs> most on, you're topical. Absolutely but, spot on. Like, like yeah. for instance, Cheryl Cole has a very sad eyebrow. It's like, feel oh, sorry she for me. She does have a sad she eyebrow. Very she has a very straight eyebrow yeah. that doesn't, she doesn't have much space between her eyes and her brow. It's a very sad, you know, I feel... We feel we feel like you're a really nice, kind person. It's, yeah. a, it's a sympathetic puppy. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have people with much higher arched eyebrows that you think, oh... You mean business. It's yeah. very interesting what a brow, and they and they are designed to fit your face. I think I have a bitch's brow. You know what? You've got a great brow. They are. They are you have an I will cut you. I yeah. do. I do. Yeah. And I think people think that of me because my eyebrows are like... But you don't want to change that, though. Well, it just is what she it is. is. She, she is, is that. Out in the 90s. Yeah, she <laughs> is that. All right, I really, really want to keep talking, but we actually have to take a little break now. But it's very short. Don't go anywhere, because when we come back, we're going to be talking about mainstream availability and quality of drag makeup products, and also whether we should be seeing more drag queens in advertising campaigns. See you on the other side. Coconut oil revolutionised the foodie scene a few years ago and now it's revolutionising beauty. Superdrug's coconut oil utilises the oil's winning blend of carbohydrates, minerals, fatty assets and vitamins to help condition the skin, scalp and dry or damaged hair. Say goodbye to dandruff and hello to healthy skin and scalp with Superdrug coconut oil. It's multi-purpose, cruelty-free and is available now, both in-store and online at superdrug.com. Okay, it's time for Spill the Beauty. Now, this is the part... Is this Spill the Beauty? You got it in one. (laughs) (laughs) You're on it. Uh, This is the part of the podcast where we just get to know you a little bit better with a couple of questions. Uh, So, Sam and Nick, I'm going to come to you first. Yes. If you were a drag queen, what would your name be? Pussy Galore. Ooh, that was so quick. That was so good. <laughs> Can I steal that? It's from um, James, James Bond, Bond, yeah. But I just would be Pussy Galore. It's a good name, isn't it? Can I be Octopussy? Yeah. No. no and together, you're Octopussy Pixie Galore. Oh, even You'd be Pixie Galore and you'd be Octopixie. Octopixie. And together, you're Octopixie Galore. Oh, I love it. That is so good. <laughs> just onto something there. Uh, what are your go-to makeup tricks the morning after a late night? Sunglasses. <laughs> it's not really a beauty makeup trip, but big sunglasses. And red lipstick. Yeah. Red lipstick. Yes. I was thinking I'm so clumsy the morning after that there's going to be a lot of like. Well, this is after smudging. you've eaten your McDonald's, obviously. Okay. But um, red lips, I always feel better in red lips. Sunglasses and I can get away with wearing no other makeup. I'm better at makeup on a hangover. 
No. I have a steadier hand. That is weird. It's weird, You've I know. You've got a problem then. So you're obviously sober now. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> I have a steadier hand for some reason. I'm better at it. So we're talking sunglasses, McDonald's yes. and red lipstick. Yes. Yep. Uh, and finally, if you could have invented any beauty product, what would it be? Makeup brushes. I wish I'd, I wish I'd thought of that. You, you, you took it exactly. with it then. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. You, yeah. Just all of them. It's all, all of them. They've all yes. been great. All makeup. Okay, Charlie, it's time to spill the beauty with you. Who or what inspired you to become a drag queen? Okay, so I, little Charlie was watching television uh, before the Royal Variety shows used to air in the States. There was something called Command Performance for the Queen. And it may have been called, it may have been the Royal Variety Show, but branded for the American mm, market yeah. called Command Performance. And I saw a a drag queen by the name of Jim Bailey who used to do Barbara Streisand and Judy Garland and he was singing uh, Get Happy from the movie Summerstack. Forget your troubles, come get, on, get, get happy. happy. As Judy Garland in the tuxedo with the little with the little hat, mm-hmm. he looked exactly like Judy Garland, sounded like her, was performing with it like a 30-piece orchestra for the Queen on a massive stage. Wow. The little five-year-old Charlie was like, oh. that's a job that a guy can do? Yeah. I want some of that. That's amazing. Uh, and I remember my father saying, his legs are amazing. <laughs> and I just thought, oh, that's that's a career. Wow. And then I don't have to be an astronaut like my brother. And then how long between that and then the first time that you well, did? Well, um, I started sneaking into clubs. <laughs> the drinking age was 21 and I was about 16. And a friend of mine said, they don't ask the drag queens for IDs. <gasps> So, <gasps> whereabouts was this? Boston, Massachusetts. Oh my gosh. Amazing. So, this was in the early 80s. And so, Flock of Seagulls, Duran Duran, there was that whole androgyny thing, Boy George, uh, Annie Lennox. And so, there was a lot of androgynous clothing um, at the time. And I would just put mousse in my hair and I'd take my socks off and put them in my t shirt to be. And it was really ratchet drag, but it got us into the nightclub and we could drink and meet boys. Don't ask the drag queens for ID. No, they never did. Well, drag always ages a guy. Yeah. If if I put a mustache on either of you two lovely ladies, you'd look 10 years younger. But if if you put drag makeup on a boy, he looks 10 years older. This is ingenious. Of course, of course. I go for oh. Newcastle and we used to put scarves on to go to clubs because they never asked you for ID if you were actually wearing a lot of clothes. So they assume you're Southern and therefore a student and therefore 18. Wow. Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's a whole thought process. Oh, there's a lot there. to think about. Uh, okay, how do you take your makeup off? Are your towels a mess? Uh, yes, <laughs> my towels are a mess. Um, I, have, I, I own a couple of black and brown towels that I try to use but oftentimes I just grab the first thing. You know when you get out of the tub of the shower and you do the, um, you're on the bath mat and you do the, the bath mat scooch yep. Yep. across the, across <laughs> the room to get your, to get your towel. Um, and sometimes I just reach. And um, so, yeah, so sometimes I always feel horrible when I'm in hotels and I'm on the road and I've Same. left, I've left this, this towel behind that's all black and hot pink and blue with glitter on it. Um, but I use, to remove my makeup, I use coconut oil. That's the one. I use coconut oil as a moisture I use, use it in cooking. I use it as a makeup remover. Yeah. Um, so oftentimes, toilet paper. Just mm. toilet paper and coconut oil. Have you it. heard the Lizzo song? All I needed was some coconut oil. No. It's great. Honestly, it's one of my favorite songs right now. 
definitely have a listen. Okay, I'll listen. It's excellent. Uh, and just finally, tell us a secret from behind the scenes at RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I already spilled the tea about the fact that this studio is freezing cold. Um, I'll give you a secret. Mm. I'll give you a secret, (laughs) and I'm not afraid to say this. Um, Michelle Visage likes to say that she um, only plays a word that rhymes with witch on television. Right. She's a harsh judge, but I've been with her a lot of times when there was no cameras around, and she was the exact same personality. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you well and (laughs) truly spilled that beauty. Thank you. Welcome back to the beauty of it all. We're still locked into talking about drag queens, drag culture and drag makeup. And I'm still joined by the incredible Charlie Hydes and Nick and Sam of Pixie Woo. Charlie said uh, just before, cover girl is called that because it, it, it can't cover boy. But a lot of girls are doing drag makeup or all, all elements of it has very much slipped into the mainstream why do you think they're looking to those techniques that we've discussed to sort of feminize the face i don't know if they do it to feminize i think they're just following fashion yeah. you know when i was growing up i wore orange foundation i thought it was perfect you learn from what is around you and what your surroundings are i don't think it's necessarily it's just the fashion now do you know what I mean? I and I'm sure they'll look back. Everybody wants to look so beautiful all the time because they're on Instagram all the time. And what we consider to be so beautiful would often be Angelina Jolie's face. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's a full lip, it's an open eye, yeah. it's an arched brow, it's a very high cheekbone. And all of those elements are in drag makeup. So it may be accidental. Or it may just be, I don't know. But I do feel like that that is definitely a thing. Also, makeup trends are cyclical. As you said, you study fashion, totally. you study the history of makeup, fashion trends come and go. Yeah. Um, as as I've gotten older, I've said I'm 55, so um, I've seen trends come and go and then come back again. Mm. I'm, I'm old enough to have seen, mm-hmm. you know, bell bottoms come and go three times. <laughs> so there's certain there are certain things, and just right now, at this moment in time, based on who's popular on Instagram, who's popular on YouTube, who's popular on reality TV, um, the Kardashians became huge. If the Kardashians hadn't become huge, maybe there'd be another style that people would be copying right now. Yeah. The Kardashians do get credited quite often with that look, with the contour, with the highlight. I mean, how do you feel about that? Because that's not where it's come from. They weren't, you know, the the pioneers. You know, I, I really don't, worry too much about where things come from because there's nothing new under the sun. There's anything, you know, nobody invent. you know, if you want to go back to who invented lip color, you'd be going back to Nefertiti. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah even be, And before that, people, I imagine people were crushing berries and putting them on their yeah. lips yep, and, you know, and then and the bit of charcoal. And so um, I'm not really concerned. I, I, I know the Kardashians, they popularized it. Sure. We're trying to definitely look individual because yeah. we want yeah. A brand, yeah, sure. You know, we want people to instantly say, "That's Trixie Mattel. That's Charlie Hyde." You know, mm. I want people to know I'm I'm wearing pink hair today. Ninety nine percent of the time, when I'm appearing in public, I'm in the blue hair because yeah. it's instantly recognizable. Oh, it's that's your Charlie. signature. Yeah, it's my mm. signature. So. A lot of queens will have a signature, a signature look that they don't want to look like everybody else, and it's kind of 
annoying for local queens who haven't been on the YouTube, you know, who have been, haven't been on that particular reality TV show we're talking about. Um, you know, a local queen in Manchester, someone will walk up and say, you know who you look like? And they don't want to hear that. Yeah, they don't want to hear that. You know, you look like someone who was on season four. They want it. They want to, they want people to know them in their own right. And so we're all, to a certain extent, we've got a limited number of trick, tricks and techniques. Yeah. Because there's only so many faces. Yeah. But the tools are there, but the outcome and, and the goal is different. That's a really interesting point, actually. Using these drag techniques, on the one hand, as a drag queen, is to make you look unique and different. And on the other hand, where it's been perhaps uh, taken and, uh, and become a part of the mainstream, those techniques are actually being used to make us all look a little bit more the same. I think for a lot of us, it's to look younger. Yeah. And I say that knowing that you never look younger, you just look weirder the more you do. Um, but I think that, I mean, certainly for me, I just want to look like I looked five, five years ago. I don't desperately want to look you like anyone else. crap five years ago as well. <laughs> <laughs> so Why do you want to go back to that? Oh, the handbags are out in the studio. Sisterly love. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it, but I just don't know. No. Well. <laughs> Feel free to say it. <laughs> One of the beauties of drag is that I can, if I wake up in the morning um, and I want to have blue eyebrows, I can put on blue eyebrows. If I want to have hot pink lips and what do I have on right now? Pink, pink, pinky, orangey. Pink, pink, pinks and oranges in my, in, in my eye. And then I can look in there and say, no, wipe it off, put on mm -hmm. something else or, yeah. or, or, or add more. And it's a form of creative self-expression. And I think a lot of young girls, now I will tell you, a lot of people thought that drag race fandom was gay men. It was never that. It was always, right early on, it was young girls. I can absolutely yeah. vouch for and it. And I know from the meet and greets, I have had people line up for two hours and I look at them and they're all young girls. Oftentimes these are girls with low self-esteem, yeah. mm -hmm. they have some sort of issue. And oftentimes, the thing that they're attracted to, the thing about the drag queen that attracts them the most is that we appear to be incredibly self-confident. They yeah. want some of that confidence. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's that, it's that, wow, you're living large, out loud. And you're proud. With, with no sure. fears. And they want some of that. And so sometimes, what that drag makeup does for them, it gives them confidence, mm -hmm. that war pain, like I'm going to war. I look like Bodicea. I've got I've got that full paint on. I am unstoppable. You know that your your personality just perks For up sure. a bit when there's a point when sometimes you sit down in front of the mirror and you're like. Oh, God, I've got this two hours ahead of me, you know, and you just you just look, and then there's a point where you start you start doing things, and all of a sudden, oh, I've, so I've come right. alive, so I've woken right. up, I'm confident, I can take on the world, yeah. and it's um, the transformation, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's the going from that to this other completely different, a, almost like a like a superhero. Exactly, exactly, and there's that point where that where that happens. Yeah. Um, for each person, it's a different point. For me, it's once the wig is on. Yeah. Um, you know, some people, it's like when the lips are on or the, you know, the contour is done. Okay, I, I'm starting to see it now. Yeah. And I think a lot of girls, you know, translate, you know, turning the conversation back around to just, to girls and the, and the effect that you're seeing in the mainstream is they want a bit of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's a playfulness. Um, I remember... And a lot of young gay guys I know can relate to this. Um, I didn't have very... Back in the 70s and 80s, when I was raiding my mom's makeup, 
there was nothing. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, there was a pale, pearly gray, and there was there was had nothing. No and it was at thirteen. I realized my mom had bad taste. You know, <laughs> and there was just, just but a lot but, of moms have bad. But taste. But then when I went to this, when I went to the to the gro- uh, to um to the drugstore to get to actually get makeup, there just was very little. Uh, few pro- there were few products available. I mean, when I moved to the UK twenty years ago, Superdrug had one pair of lashes. There was one pair of lashes you can get, and now there's a whole section. We're absolutely yeah. spoiled now. Aren't we? Yeah, spoiled for you know it's an embarrassment of riches. Uh, the the pigment, how heavily pigmented things were. You know things were pale pink, or they were taupe, or you know people mm-hmm. thought they were being outrageous because they didn't have taupe. They had on. I, I don't know. It was it was called plum, um, <laughs> but you know you can get scarlet yeah. red now and 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 glitter and so that that creative self expression that I see a lot of young girls that go into Superdrug and they're putting glitter. It's not just festivals. There's, there's there's a nightclub look. There are girls who wear glitter to go out clubbing, and you know I see them. <laughs> I see them on the way home. <laughs> And the glitter it is drops. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so so there's there's a playfulness yeah. that uh, that drag makeup that is translating into into and, and a girl can say tonight I am going to have blue eyebrows and I'm going to look like uh, like Trixie Mattel and another night they can it's just being a different person yeah. it's being it's a different a form character of escapism as well Absolutely. from that life self expression because i think changing the way you look and you hit the nail on the head with this changing the way you look isn't because you hate the way you look it's just because you can sometimes and it's exciting sometimes it is because you hate the way yeah. you look and that is something to really think about and and a deeper issue to talk about um and i think again something really interesting you said is that when you do have that money you see it the same with reality stars they start out on Geordie Shore or Towie or or even made in Chelsea and as as the show goes on and they make a bit more money they start having all these things because they can but also because they're on camera and there starts to be a bit of backlash That's or a bit sure. of trolling absolutely. scrutiny yeah absolutely do you think that sometimes when uh, girls are employing these techniques and they're not drag queens they're employing these drag techniques it's because there is so much pressure on the internet to look a certain way and it's perhaps exacerbating an insecurity well, I'm sure there is that for some people. Definitely, mm. I would. But say I so. also think uh, we makeup is far more than we can even possibly imagine for some people. Yeah, it's escapism. It's a chance to switch off and actually have time for yourself. It's it's to not think about what's going on at home. And we get a lot of messages about things like that. It's far deeper to a lot of people than just putting a bit. To, for, it's, it's about them not about anyone else watching them yeah. and if that is an es- a great escapism for them then I think that's absolutely There's, fantastic there, there is a side of makeup uh, where it's a time that is for me yeah. yeah, I have a lot of demands on me I have a very busy life I have a thousand and one things I'm multitasking most of the time I'm answering questions and making decisions and there is a certain amount of time where this this time is for me and a young girl isn't answering to her parents. She's not revising. Maybe she puts on a bit of music that she likes and she enjoys. And you sort of get, there's a point of the process where you sort of get lost and you're in the zone. As you, if This is not rushing to get ready first thing in the morning. I've got to do 10 different things really, yeah. really fast, have my coffee, get my face on and out the door. But I'm talking about that time where you do have a yeah. bit of time and you're just sitting there and you're playing and you get, you're in your own head. Um, and for me, it's, it's almost like meditating. I think yeah. sometimes. So sometimes some people yeah. go to the gym. Yeah. Some people are like, I'm going to do an hour at the gym. Some people will be like, do you know what? I'm going to spend an hour 
mastering my eyebrows. There's different reasons that people do stuff and I don't think any of us are in a position to judge why no. anyone does oh, anything. I judge you all the time. <laughs> I watch your videos. I allow to be judged. <laughs> I do want to ask about whether you have a judgment on one particular thing, and that's putting on a full face of exaggerated makeup just to take a selfie. And I do know quite a lot of young girls who do this. It's simply for the gram. When did this start? Because, you, you, I mean, you guys have a world online that you're very much a part of. You, you must have seen the advent of this. Well, it used to be that I would only do that, put on a full face to go to my grandmother's funeral. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about. No, I know what you're talking about. There, there is, there are people, and I've seen it, I've seen it with drag queens, yeah. that um, it, it, nowadays, because of YouTube and these video, these tutorials are available, a 13-year-old girl can sit in her makeup and totally transform her face. And I've seen kids who have they've got no entertainment genes in their body. Mm. Um, they've mastered a face. They look flawless, but they can't entertain. And I've seen mm. girls, um, they've mastered that, but they haven't worked in their personality. Mm. So as soon as they open their mouth, they've got nothing to say. They look amazing and people want to talk to them, but they're, they're just an empty vessel. Um, but what you're talking, what you're really talking about is that um, not only have they spent that two hours to get the face just right, but they've also taken 150 selfies. Yeah. Change the angle a little bit, a little bit, you know, chin down a little bit, a little bit smile, and they'll do. And I've seen, I've seen as people flip through their phone, it looks like the exact same shot, but it's just a slightly different yeah. chin down, uh, eyelid half em, you know, from a certain angle. And when you when you do selfies with people all the time, it's part of my job. Sometimes I'm on stage for forty five minutes, but I do an hour of meet and greets. Each girl that comes up to me in line has a pose. They have their go to yeah. pose that no, they have. Practice. Oh, they have perfected it. Now, is this cool? I, I think it, so it I, is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose when I was a kid, I used to sit in my room and draw stuff. You know, is it Just that drawing different? Drawing on your face now. Oh, uh, yeah, I do feel it is a bit yeah. like that. And I think it that there is no getting away from social media. We are so deep in it, you can't get away from it. And if someone wants to spend hours putting makeup on for a picture and they love the picture and they get a lot of likes, great. Just remember, that's not all about you. That's not everything that you have to offer. And you, I think that there should be more into teaching people that you're this person when you're online, if you want to be, but you, ha you can be someone else. It doesn't, you don't have to constantly be that person, if that makes sense, because hopefully people are becoming more aware that um, it doesn't always translate yeah. and that you don't always have to look Instagram filtered and perfect at all times. That's my only concern with it is the way people feel afterwards when they go out and about absolutely fine to take a lovely picture absolutely lovely if I had the time I would do it all the time and I would take the same selfie and I would use the odd filter on it amazing but it's what happens afterwards that is more my concern um, and I don't know whether that's anything to do with makeup even I think working right. in social media you become way more aware of what actually goes on behind social media so the times that I post are when I'm working um and when I'm sad, you don't... When I'm with my mates and having a really good time, the last thing I want to do is take a picture of this great time I'm having oh, yeah. with my mates it's and an share indicator. it with 800,000 people that happen to be online because it's actually... It's personal time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So when I see those pictures, I think, okay, what else is going on here? Is this... Is And I also think, do you know what? When they discover boys or girls, they probably grow out of it. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, like my daughter's career from it as well. They may you do. Just, uh, they know. may do, but 
a lot of people that are on social media and obsessed with this kind of thing are very young and they they just probably they're really um excited by all of this stuff because they haven't discovered what you know their real sexuality yet and they're not even heading in that direction but when they are yeah they won't be on social media will they it, it, they'll be it, somewhere else concern, having a grasp of reality that's what concerns me um cuz i meet i meet young girls all the time who some come with a full face to the shows. Sometimes they're doing, they, they come painted, you look at, oh, this Trixie Mattel face, or, you know, you see the different mm. faces. They come sort of done up to be looking like their favorite drag queen. But there are, uh, there are some young girls who they're doing their makeup, they're spending all their time trying to transform themselves, but they're worried that then when they're posting a picture, now I see what they look like in person, but then when I see what their pictures are on Instagram, really, really heavily filtered. And there's, there's a disconnect between yeah. what you're putting out there to the world. If you go on to Tinder and you put these heavily photogra- you know, photoshopped pictures and filtered f- pictures, and then you go on a date, and he looks at you and says, well, you know, you looked six foot two in the pictures, and you're four foot one. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a, or you're, you, you look perfectly symmetrical, and you don't have any eye bags. There's that disconnect. So that worries me more. And also yeah. the girls mm. who are going to the to the plastic surgeon once they've got a bit of money and saying, make me look like my filter, yeah. filtered picture. That's more worrying. Yeah, having that disconnect from reality and losing the joy in the moment, which is something that I think everyone listening right now yeah. knows is so important. That is life, isn't it? For sure. Um, well, taking it back to drag, the number one thing that we're doing as drag entertainers is... We want people to escape. We want people Mm. to feel joy. Um, Very rarely, uh, uh, there are some people who are doing thought-provoking performances, but that's the minority. Most drag is about joy. It's about celebrating life and being in the Mm -hmm. moment, maybe having a couple of drinks, dancing, and making people, you know, feel uplifted. That's why we're using, that's the intent behind the makeup. Yeah. Very rarely is it to get a guy. I've got a guy, you know, he, and he doesn't want he doesn't want to see me with makeup on. Yeah. But with drag makeup, it's usually about how can we make you. We care more about you yeah. than we care about how we feel. We always say the audience doesn't care how I feel. They don't care my feet hurt. They don't care that my ribs are killing me. They care how they feel. And so we're doing this. You know, this You're two hours of makeup. Yeah. I've got two hours of makeup on to come to a recording studio, and I'm talking to a microphone. Nobody knows when I do. I look fabulous. You look fabulous. Thank yes. you. Absolutely fabulous. fabulous. <laughs> Have you noticed there's been a bit of a shift online uh, with more drag makeup oh, right, yes, uh, influencers sort of popping up? Yeah, but I think that's just, you know, as time moves on, different things are popular. And I yeah. actually think they are amazing artists and amazing at what they do. So I think they're great. I mean, I think that, that uh, Patrick Starr's been on there for ages, yes. you know, like years. Um Back when I started on YouTube, there was a guy called Petrolude who did the most incredible yeah. drag makeup. Do you remember? It was yeah. so beautiful. I was obsessed. Um, so they've always been there. It's just that maybe now with Drag Race, it's just much, you know, they're and more thankfully, popular. thankfully, hopefully people are more acceptant. Yeah. Do you know the, what I mean? The videos, the videos that are the most influential are the actual videos that drag race contestants do. Oftentimes it's on Facebook, sometimes it's the cosmopolitan ones. But 
people are in girls really really watch those yeah. and say oh I learned how to do my eyebrow mm-hmm. by the video that you did um, so the drag race contestants who actually do tutorials on how to get their look yeah. those are the most influential videos more than I could name five or six people that I know do really good drag makeup on Instagram and on YouTube but it's drag race yeah. contestants it's the traction because yeah. of the hype and because of the popularity of the show yeah. and yeah. you, you mentioned a bit earlier about the products that were available when you were younger. I mean, how much has that improved? A thousandfold, a thousandfold. Not exaggerating. Yeah. There are. It, it's a similarly uh, when I moved to the UK twenty-two years ago. Uh, Halloween uh, in the supermarket, there was about maybe yeah. twenty centimeters of Halloween sure. candy. Now it's an entire aisle with an end display. Same thing with makeup. There was Maybelline, there was CoverGirl, yeah, there was Riddle. a few... Ri- L'Oreal. There was just a few things, and, and really limited ranges in terms of the colors. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Even going back 10 years when Nick and I um, first started doing YouTube, we'd been makeup artists for long before that, but we weren't using drugstore, we were using professional products. Yeah. So when we started to do the YouTube and it became more of a thing to go out and really look for those products, it was hard to find decent eyebrow colors that weren't like that oh, there orangey shade. Exactly. There was nothing. There was no yeah. cream Getting products. any foundations that were darker than your skin tone yeah, uh, would be impossible. But and now there's more. that didn't just scratch and disappear to nothing. And now yeah, they're really bad beautiful. quality. And now there's so much the, more. The, the biggest, the big, as a drag queen, the biggest dilemma that we had was you'd, you'd get a lip liner. If there was no tester available, it would look hot pink if you held it up to the light in the fluorescent light, as soon as you drew it on your hand, it just went this pale uh, yeah. Yeah. pastel color. And so getting... Chalky as well, yeah. so it didn't even work. Or what, really waxy. When yeah. you dragged it across your lip, you got all this wax. Um, so finding things that were pigment-rich, yeah. that were... Um, and also there there things that ha- that also had a um, an SPF in it and also had um, maybe m- moisturizer um, if I if, if I'm going to have lipstick on for 12 hours I don't want it to suck the moisture out oh, of my lips crusty. I want it to add a protective <laughs> layer so there are there's formulations today there are certain lipstick that when I put them on my lips my lips it's actually like when you put I don't know, like furniture polish on furniture and it soaks in and, and it just looks so much better and you can tell the furniture, the wood is that's all dried out is going, thank you. Yeah. You know, I put it on my lips and my lips go, oh, like I've been parched <laughs> in the desert and I've just had my first drink of water in a week. You know, there are, there are certain lipstick that yeah. they're, they're creamy formulation and there was none of that available. I love that analogy. In the desert, <laughs> grasping for an oasis. Yes, and, but no, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's that certain, there's a, there are certain, certain formulations. Um, um, there's a product that I use um, under my eyes. I just use the tiniest little bit uh, over coconut oil, and it just goes really, really far. One little tub has lasted me two years. But there are products that are products that now the formulation is so pigment rich yeah. that a little bit, a little tub can go a long way for a really long time. For sure, it's mm-hmm. amazing, like eyeshadows as well. Like the old drugstore eyeshadows, you would put it on, it would blend to nothing. There was no point in putting it on, you know, like a black eyeshadow. It would just end up like a really soft wash of like dirty grey. But now, the some, definitely some brands, 
really, really compete with some of the high end yeah. for pigment. It's oh, incredible. absolutely. And, and then uh, also markers, eyeliner markers yeah. in different shapes, in different, uh, different widths. Um, we had one eyeliner, one liquid eyeliner. Yeah, that was it. one that you had to spit in. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> cake absolutely. Liner. You know, I love cake liner. A dirty secret. I still, still kind of love that. that. <laughs> I still, um, are there any downsides to the drag makeup that you're using? Because you said earlier something about staining. Yeah, well, th- that the the uh, there are certain products that because they are they're so successful, they have so much pigment in them. Mm. Um, sometimes that pigment actually stains. So uh, this hot pink that I have on now, I've done my sort of my crease and under eye. Uh, the blacks, like the so I've got black eyeliner and black shadow. Uh, to do my eyeliner. When I take off my lashes, a lot of that will come with it. Um, that'll just come with the glue. And then when I wash off my makeup with coconut oil, most of the blacks disappear. But the, the skin stays pink. Mm. Um, and my lips often, and I've overdrawn my lips, so I've got these giant clown lips in the morning. And I don't want to scru- scrub really hard and damage the skin. And there's a certain amount of, if I go to bed in eight hours, you ne- you, your body is naturally producing oils and moisturizers, and some of that sort of loosens up and skin's a sl- cells are coming off. So I just don't want to scrub. Um, but... I definitely wake up in the morning sometimes. I, I, uh, the doorbell will ring. I have to sign for a package from Amazon. <laughs> and uh, I look at myself in the, make, in the mirror like an hour afterwards. And I've got these black eye boogers. Um, <laughs> I think we all get that information. Yeah. Like, uh, so it's just made me immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this <laughs> residue pink I've got black eye, eye boogers. Yeah, I've got I, but, 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 the, but my lips being stained, these great big <laughs> clown lips. And this, like sometimes I actually do hot pink eyebrows and so I'll have these hot pink eyebrows above my own eyebrows and that that lasts a day or two so look now that's you know the pink the pink and the blue are the ones that seem to stay yellow does do you know when I did myself as Skeletor and I couldn't get it off oh my god so funny (laughs) so funny I was once filming a a YouTube video and uh, I was doing a scene from The Exorcist and so I had like this green makeup on but I also um I had set up the bedroom to look like the bedroom scene in The Exorcist, <laughs> and I was had done this whole thing with green vomit, and uh, you know for the the, the like yeah. the, the vomiting okay. scene, and uh, so I, my my skin was stained a bit green, and the cable guy had to come to fix my satellite TV, and uh, so he's fixing the one in the in the in the uh, in the TV room, and they said, "Do you have another box in the house?" And I said, "Yes," <laughs> and I knew that there was a camera and lights set up in the bedroom and with all this green and I had to explain it's really because I'm doing a comedy video but I was stained green and there was green vomit all over my my bed and he just raised he just went fixed the the back of the satellite TV box and I'm sure he was laughing to his friends I'm sure he didn't judge at all not at all you know he might have seen weirder things do you think that we could or should start seeing drag queens in makeup adverts would I like to see more drag queens in makeup campaigns Absolutely. Me too. Me too. Absolutely. Um, Just for the sheer fun of it. Um, I remember when I think it was Bianca Del Rio and Adore Delano maybe did an ad for Starbucks. Um, You know, drag queens 
drink Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, drag queens go to McDonald's. Yeah. C- currently, the couple of drag race girls are doing an airline commercial. Um, so, a we're visible. We're everywhere. I think we should we should be selling soap powder for yeah. sure. <laughs> you, I, I actually oh, think selling so much makeup because yeah. when people look at you, it's the one of the most viewed shows. Are there any um, makeup brand drag queen pairings you particularly like to see? There's, there's so many. I think all makeup brands are used by drag queens and everyone yeah. else. So I think there is unlimited. I think, it would I make think sense. if an ad agency, if they had two buckets and one had every drag queen name and another bucket had every brand, you could just reach in randomly and put the two together and it would be fabulous. Because yeah. mm. that's what drag queens do. We make everything fabulous. <laughs> I, I found, you know what you're saying about pigment, I find, find that the Barry M pigmentation yeah. is really, really good for yeah. my skin, like the lipsticks, the eyeshadows, and I can totally see. As you say, drag screens just make everything look more fabulous. Exactly. And on that note, uh, thank you. You've been so fabulous. Thank, thank you, you thank so, you so, so much. much. I really, really enjoyed this. It's been a pleasure having me here today. <laughs> I've loved it. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, guys. It's been a lot of fun, hasn't it? And thank you also for listening. Uh, Do tune in, same time, same place, next week, when we'll be asking, why does beauty struggle so much with diversity?